Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of the Foreign Podcast. Um, as usual, um, I am recording this in Odense in Denmark. My name is uh, Mike Bowden and um, there's someone else on the line. <laughs> My name is Patrick Garrett. I'm recording this in Montpellier in France. Fantastic! Every every episode we get to another another number, another plus one, Mike. It just it just blows my mind. It's like mass. It just keeps on. You just keep on adding. Know, you keep, it just, it's keep, like, it just keeps going. The mat like, just gets bigger. Know. And we're recording yeah. again. So, hello everyone. Ooh. Yeah. Yo. Uh, hopefully this time I'll be in focus. I, I see, hoping. You looked amazing last time, Pat. I think. Yeah. Always, always. I've had a shave. Yeah, you have. And I've and I've had a haircut. Yeah, yeah. You and go. you've updated your profile picture on your on your Facebook. Everybody follow Pat and <laughs> spam him all the time. He needs it. He needs to work. We needs to work out, and he needs his that's life it. on the internet. That's, that's, that's you, you, like everybody else. Follow me on Instagram. I am at Lord Pat. Yeah, it's a sort of you know very kind of dumbed down sort of name. You know, it's just it, <laughs> it, it, inconspicuous there. <laughs> Lord Pat. Um, but yeah. It says, uh, it says, it doesn't say anything about me and my uh, my in- insane ego at all. But like, uh, that's just something I, I something I have to live with, Mike, and I suffer. I tell you. Yeah, yeah, I've, it's but, uh, um, yeah. it's tough at the top, Pat. It's it's hard being me. But yeah, but if you would be me, in fact, like you know, no <laughs> no one else could be me. But if you come at the king, you know, you better not miss. That's the uh, <laughs> so so anyone out there who thinks they uh, who thinks they can take his place. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, but you better watch it. You literally can't. Uh, we, um, um, if anyone's listening for the first time, um, hello. Um, we had quite an um, um, outstanding amount of um, feedback from the interview that um, went live this week with my colleague uh, Nerma from... Uh, very oh, very no, good interview. Nerma. I thought like it was, it was, yeah, that's it. Like, don't, yeah, yeah. don't get that name wrong. Yeah, I can't get it right, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, thanks. It's a, a bit, bit, bit of a tricky, bit of a tricky pronunciation if you're not used to to Slavic languages. I would say she's lived quite the and, life, uh, though. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like I would definitely, uh, if you haven't listened to that, uh, anyone who's listening, uh, please do go and listen to it. It's a really amazing story, and uh, I would like to thank her very much for speaking to Mike. It was a, it was a really, really amazing thing to listen to. Yeah, and um, hopefully in the future they'll. Maybe next month, hopefully, there'll be someone else we can talk to. Um, there's a few irons in the fire as far as that's concerned. So, um, but, you know, we've got to keep people in suspense. I'm not going to reveal everything all at once. Um, we've also uh, had quite a few uh, emails this week. Thank you for those. Yep. Um, so many that we can't get through them all. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, we're going to address one, I think. Yeah. I think we decided we're, we're going to deal with one as a topic for this week. And uh, which one is that, Mike? It's from um, a listener called Kat, um, who I believe, whose name I believe is short for uh, Katrine, uh, Catherine, um, the sort of Danish version of um yeah, the name Catherine. And anyway, um, should we just get on with it? Should we just go for it? Let's go. Let's go. Um, uh, Cat writes, uh, hi, foreign podcast. That's us, Pat. Uh, having two languages, do you find that there are situations where you prefer one language over another? Does one language support one part of your personality better than the other? Do you feel confident expressing certain ideas in one language over another? And do you switch between languages when you think about different topics? I hope my question makes sense in writing. All the best, Cat. 
And she has kind of sent a follow-up. I think it was a sort of meant as a sort of half joke. There's a, an Instagram um, account called Language Nerds. And anyway, they've got these sort of, this sort of a meme up. But I think the meme is quite interesting and relevant anyway. I think it's meant slightly tongue-in-cheek. But it says here, you're not a true bilingual until number one, your personality changes when you switch between languages. Number two, you find something 10 times funnier in your first language. And uh, number three, you get sad to more songs. And um, that's that, that's maybe a starting point for any kind of uh, conversation. But um, okay. but Pat, I'll ask you the question first, because okay. uh, my answer, as usual, is long convoluted and I don't really know what it is. So... Okay. Um, having two languages, Pat, do you find there are situations where you prefer, you know, there are about three questions in there, so we'll take one at a time. Do you find there are situations where you prefer one language over another, apart from obviously doing this podcast? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, just to explain my situation for people who haven't been listening or who are listening for the first time, um, I'm, I was born in Britain. I moved to France. I've been in France for 14 years. And you, uh, and you miss we, Britain terribly. Oh uh, yeah, I, I really miss that shit. And, um, we speak English at home. Yes. I'm a student. I'm doing a master's course and I do all of that in French. So there's a, a clear divide. So like to answer the question, do I find that there are situations where I prefer one language over the other? Um, there's a really, really clean split for me because basically everything that happens in the home is in English. Um, and everything that happens in my in inverted commas, professional life is in French. So there, it's, it, there is a blurred bit to this question because I actually, I consume a lot of media in English. Like, uh, in fact, almost all of the media I consume, the visual media I consume, such as films and TV, is in English. And normally American, actually. Um, whereas almost everything I read on paper and academically is in French. That's starting to change a bit now because I'm about to sort of like go into a doctorate, hopefully. And the amount of stuff I'm consuming in English is actually increasing quite a lot. So that's all like bleeds into the second bit of that question. But before I, I, before I go into that, I don't know. The thing is, like the question is, do I prefer one language over another in certain situations? Uh, yeah, that's... Um, that's, that's um... Yeah, which yeah? Do you prefer? Yeah, are there certain situations where you prefer one language over another? I don't. I, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really know how to answer that because I don't have a huge amount of choice over it. Mm. I mean, like the uh, you know, I don't. I don't. Maybe on reflection, uh, though, if you look back, do you think okay, I could have explained that better if I could have spoken English there, or or do you think actually maybe there are some French idioms, some ways mm. to say things in French that kind of you know actually kind of suit perfectly what you want to say, where, where that might not actually be the case in English. Does that make I sense? Think to, just, yeah, it does. Yeah, just to, to give an e example of how this does affect me, um, like the masters I'm doing, uh, where we've talked about this before on on this podcast. Like uh, the situation in France in terms of English has changed quite a lot in the last generation. Um, so, like I assume most of you listening will know that, like throughout, uh, well, obviously, like English is like a kind kind of default language in Europe and it has been for like quite a while but there was a lot of resistance to that in France for for sort of like nationalist reasons. So 
now there's this huge push now that um, the, the, that sort of generation is, is a bit older, you know, amongst the sort of younger generation, there's this massive push to learn English. So in my masters, like, for example, I about, I would say probably about in the last year, maybe a good sort of like 40% of my lessons have actually been in English. And to be honest, it makes, I don't want to sound big headed if any of the, if any of my camarades, if any of the, the other students in my class are listening to this, but it actually makes the lessons really easy for me because I don't have a language barrier. And actually it's, um, it's kind of the, the inverse of my entire sort of like university career has been like listening to these like really, uh, like literary and intellectual lectures in French. So it kind of gets flipped on its head, and I I can see that the the other students in my class are kind of going through exactly what I went through when I had to sort of sit in these lectures, and somebody at like a a master's level is delivering a lecture on like, I don't know, gay rights or whatever in English, and they're just sort of sitting there just going, oh my God, you know, because there's just so much vocabulary that they're not used to at all. Mm. Um, you know, they may be able to sort of like converse like, you know, well enough and they've watched a bunch of like British TV, but that's not the same as being taught in a different language. Yeah, definitely. So, so like, you know, do I prefer English in that situation? To be honest, actually, yeah, because it like makes everything like loads easier, but like also no, because it means that I'm kind of not learning anything. I'm not being challenged. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Um... Yeah, I can't relate to it, but I understand it definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, what what do do you have situations where you prefer speaking in Danish, for example? I prefer English a hundred percent of the time. Every waking moment of my life, it's the best language in the world, Pet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a ridiculous question! Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there are lots of times when I prefer Danish. I think Danish. Um, there are. Yeah, I mean, it was basically the reason behind why I asked you. Why I asked you is that uh, there are just some idioms in Danish that just sort of work. And um, and obviously now I've said that I can't think of any of them, but there are. It's funny, yeah. yeah like, it's funny, like, we, 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 yeah, like I, I'm exactly the same. So, uh, but know, but there are. Like, trust me, and yeah. um, you know, probably in three episodes' time, I'll say. Remember when I said that, and I have one ready. But um, yeah, there are just certain situations. I think um, it becomes now. I mean, if I could, if I could choose, I would just talk a mix of both. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Uh, even even um, there is something here. There was a, a sort of a funny, oh yeah, Danes uh, in Dan- in Denmark, not Danes in Denmark. They have a tradition at Christmas where there's something called like an advent calendar, but it's a TV program, and there's an episode every single day okay. for, uh, for 24 days or whatever, and it's like a build-up story, and it's usually sort of fantasy, whatever, whatever. whatever. But there was one that they actually called it the U- the the Yule yeah Christmas. An advent calendar is called a Yule calendar, which is just a Christmas calendar. And there was one called the Yule calendar. And it was basically a lot, uh, it was a sort of a bit of a comedy one, a bit more adult. And it was people kind of directly translating Danish to English and sort of playing around with the languages. And a lot of people, when I kind of sometimes speak and I maybe mix it up or I'll kind of translate an English idiom directly to Danish, which you obviously can't do, then, you know, I'll get called this the Eula Canada. But actually, that's a very long-winded way of saying that is actually how I'd like to do it because I think there are some phrases and some words that, um, like right now, I'm actually thinking what I want to say in Danish and I'm translating it to English. 
I was going to say which means there are some words and phrases that come to me more naturally there you go mm. than, than, uh, uh, than in English because I use it all the time I also speak Danish pretty much to my kids it's only quite a new thing that I've, that I've started to speak uh, more English to my kids so if I could I would actually speak both but mm. um, so yeah do I prefer one um, over the other Uh, well, again, find the situations. What situations would I be in? I think um, if I'm communicating with someone who is maybe Danish, but who I kind of know understands English, mm. if I then want to say something like I've serious or something that where, yeah, I'm being very direct or frank or even open with that person, mm. then I'll probably change to English. Okay kind of almost in some weird way trying to add some sort of gravity, some gravitas to the situation. Now I'm kind of, now I am talking to you di mm. directly mm. because Danish sometimes can feel like a kind of a, a very comfortable, uh, easily fitting, but mask that I kind of put on. Whereas, yeah, there are some situations where, yeah, if I'm being frank, honest or open or direct, then... Um, yeah, then it will be in English. Also, if I lose my temper, it will be English. And uh, so, so yeah, like when I, for example, yeah, I, I can really relate to that. So, like when I, for example, when I'm riding around on my bike and I, you know, I sort of get into a bit of a dangerous situation. If you know, if I swear at somebody, or you know, or if I, you know, sort of shout at somebody, oh, you bloody idiot, or whatever, you mm. know, I'll do it in English. Um, but. Uh, to be honest, like the the sort of mix between the two, it's interesting you say that because I definitely find I'm doing a work placement at the moment and I'm sort of being introduced to the, I'm working in an office, I'm working in a video production company and I, you know, I only speak in French there, like no one speaks to me in English. I mean, they can, they can speak a bit of English, but like not, you know, the the odd phrase, they're not bad, you know, like, but they, they no one speaks in English. I've had a couple, couple of people like, who actually, it's like a sort of a co- How do you say it in English? It's like a sharing space sort of thing, like you know, a. a it's not. It, it's not codependency. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. It's a, it's a place where there are a bunch of offices, yeah. like, you know, where people can just sort of like hire spaces sort to work or whatever. And so you know, we sort of have uh, a lot of the time. We'll have lunch together. There, there have been a couple of people. There's a lady that lived in Britain for I think like 13 years, and she and she. She can speak amazing English, and you know we speak a bit in English, but the um, the rest of them speak French, obviously, you know, and like you know we don't. So yeah, my entire life in the office is in is in French, and I I find that since I've been there, obviously, which is one of the reasons I did it, um, I find that I'm I'm becoming genuinely bilingual I, i know that i know that might sound a bit weird because i've been here for a really long time i've been here for like 14 years but um and i know this is something that i you know you probably went through a long time ago because your situation is basically danish yeah. like the yeah my kind of my like because my my home situation is is all in english um even though i've spent like i've been in like university for like the last sort of six and a half years or whatever That's, men um, that's mental, Jesus. Yeah, I haven't, uh, like, it's, it's very different, like, being in a lecture situation where you're just kind of, like, listening to somebody or, or being in a work situation where you're constantly conversing with people and communicating mm. and having meetings and blah-de-blah. -blah. 
Um, so what you said about like mixing the languages is definitely true. And like, I, I definitely find that when I'm kind of like walking around talking to myself, which I do a lot, you know, like I, you know, constantly like rehearsing things that I'm going to say, I have, I still have to do like a lot of presentations and, and so forth for school. Um, most of it's in French now, actually. Mm. And like, you know, I, 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 I definitely do even when I'm kind of like just thinking, just like formulating ideas. Uh, and part of the cat's question is, do you feel more confident expressing certain ideas in one language over another? I'm finding that it's more and more the case that I'm, I'm more confident expressing myself in French. So like it's what, what you were saying about like there's certain situations where you're kind of being, being you, if you like, mm. I just, I don't, I don't really have that facility like where I can just suddenly switch to English because I'm not surrounded by people that speak English. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I get that. So um, I, I'm definitely, I'm getting to the point where I, I really can just like flip between the two like with no problem. I can say literally anything in either language and it's, it's you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm kind of myself in both languages. That That's all like first part of the... Um, a question uh yeah like do, does uh you know does one language support one part of your personality better than the other that is that is going away that has been the case but that's definitely disappearing for me now i think yeah i think um um in terms of humor but um i'm gonna roll back actually um, in, in terms of uh, when i'm at work and i'm at work meetings there's this there's, there's a difference when i'm talking to my colleagues i can just be me and sometimes i can mix it up but yeah 90 percent of the time i'm speaking danish there's no problem i can laugh with them i can joke i can small talk um with them but it's strange when i when i'm at a meeting i think my I, i'm very direct in my language and um i say what i think pat and I think what I say, you know. No, don't pull those. <laughs> no, just, you know, I I wouldn't know how to if if, if I was asked. But um, <laughs> but um, what's it called? So, but so I'm really kind of conscious. I mean, yeah, I think I've also maybe yeah maybe it's just my personality. But again, this is about individuals, so I can't really talk for everybody else. But you know, I think a lot. I I, I can put people's noses out of joint. Mm especially and this is what i've heard i don't want to generalize out there but um i think i've mentioned it before but the from what this is what i've been told that that danes are very kind of uh, what's the yeah i don't know what it's called i don't even know there is a word for it again conflict scoop scoop means you're shy so they don't really like sort of conflict they don't like to you know where i'm kind of there's the elephant in the room and we're not really talking about and it. You're going to shoot it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not talking about it. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll describe it, you know, perfectly for you and then ask you to like address it. And, um, <laughs> and you know, that doesn't... And I think if I could do that in English, um, I just think there'd just be more nuance to my language. Um, mm. um, I get a bit kind of, how do I express this? And now when I say these kind of things, I, I will kind of have this sort of intro of, look, you know, don't take this the wrong way. I do mean this constructive, you know, I do mean this in a constructive way, mm-hmm. but this is how I'm going to say it. So yeah. I say it. Whereas uh, I feel that if I could do that in English, 
then I could, yeah, I could... Uh, Probably be a bit more polite. Yeah, 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 a bit more maybe polite or just less confrontational. Mm. And no, uh, I, I experience exactly the same thing. Like, because yeah. basically, there are, I, I have fewer ways to say things than a native French person would. Mm. So, like, you know, I just have to kind of... I just have to kind of say it. And, you know, like, there's a... Um, I've got a meeting at work, actually, tomorrow. And uh, and I know there's going to be a... There, there's gonna, it's going to be a bit tense. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like, it's, uh, I, I have to, there, there are no, if I, you're absolutely right. If I, if I was saying it in English, like, you know, I would, I would be a lot, I would be able to phrase it a, with a lot less, I don't know, effect. I probably will have to like literally say like, I'm being like, just as you said, I, I'm being constructive and like, you know, I'm not trying to sort of like criticize you. I, I you know, I'd probably say this in English, but I'd be able to say it a with a lot more mm. speed and fluidity than I can in French. Yeah. You know, and like when, um, you know, I've, I've just noticed that I don't, I don't know if it's the same in Danish. Do you have a polite form and a, and a sort of, uh, for some words, uh, yeah, there is a kind of a polite, like asking for things. There's a polite way of doing it. There's polite words. Do you, do you have two words for you? Yes. Okay. Like it's the same in French. It's like mega important. Like if you, oh, you, right. you, but, you, oh, you, say, you don't do that to like the, you don't do that to the king. You say, no, no, no. You'd say you di, no, it, you'd it, say di no, it, it, in and not okay. du. Okay. Yeah. In, in French, it's vu and tu. So okay. like, in, you know, if somebody that you're not, if there's a hierarchical situation in, in any way, there are two, honestly, this is a nightmare. I'm going to explain this briefly. It's, it's This is a ridiculous topic. And like, I hope we come back to You love hierarchy. Like, so yeah, a, go for it. Seriously. Like, basically, <laughs> if, if somebody's in a position of, if you don't know somebody very well, you have to say vu. Right. If you say two to that person, they will probably be literally offended with you. Like, so if... I was just, if I just like bumped into somebody on the streets, the same in like Italian, for mm. example, you can't like, um, it, but it, it is the same in Italian, I think. I just, I know because I've been there and they kind of forgive you because you're not Italian or whatever. But like in, um, in French, after a while, like you kind of, it's a mistake that you just can't make because people get really pissed off. And if you, uh, if you don't say, for example, I could never say two to a teacher. I just couldn't do that. Even though, like, you know, a lot of the teachers are younger than me, for example. Mm. There's just a, there's a hierarchical situation which demands that I show them that respect uh, and call and say vu. But like, it's not it's not as black and white as that. Like, it's not um, it's not just it's not just a question of respect. It like the vu and the two basically denotes a level of intimacy it's and, it, and it's it's basically really hard to explain and judge if you're not french because like if um like all of the people i work with are two there are no views there but there are people that will say bonjour which is the vu hello right and then they'll say two and there are but if you say salut to those person which is hi or, you know, roughly translated as high, yeah. then that'll put their nose out of joint, even though they're saying two to you. It's it's such a pain in the ass. Right. I don't know what, how I got onto this, like, but like, seriously, it's just something that's driven me fucking insane for years. <laughs> it's, it's an absolute nightmare. You got onto it because but, you've got a meeting tomorrow where maybe you're going oh, to have right. to kind okay, of be yeah, a bit yeah. more more direct than you other, otherwise would be. So when you kind of like, you, you have to literally ask someone, if and this is this is I'm not making this up. Like I still can't actually believe that this is the case in 2024. 
when you when you sort of like know somebody, like you say, uh, you have to actually say, "I'm gonna two toy on on Sudi two or you know, like which means that I'm I'm about to cross this threshold with you, this sort of like right. politeness threshold yeah. with you, where where we are about to become slightly closer than Vu, sort of thing. Yeah, and um, and you can do that tomorrow. Oh no no no! Like, like basically, all of the people I work with, we, we say two. Right. So, like, but like the, uh, but my boss, he had to say to me, like, you know, well, I, is it okay if we say two to each other? Because um, we're not. Oh, fuck it, it's a fucking nightmare, honestly. Anyway, <laughs> like, obviously, I. I understand. It's, he, he, he had to sort of ask to come into that kind of sphere. You have to I kind of what, announce what, the, it. The, exactly that, and like, yeah. what, what I think what I'm trying to say is that if you're not if, if you're not native French there are a million like politeness pitfalls that you can like fall into. So like if you're being like too direct with somebody um, and you don't kind of, if they, they don't quite get that you're, that you're not doing it on purpose or blah, de blah, then you're basically behaving in their eyes as, as somebody that's just being like really, uh, really aggressive. Right. Basically. Uh, and I said all of that based on what you said about, Work. Something else. Oh, I can't really remember. People at work. When, when I say something at work, I mean the thing is, I get, I get. Uh, I mean, I, I really do mean this ironically for people who maybe don't get my humour. But now, uh, now I understand how a, a lot of women feel because, <laughs> seriously, just, just, just hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Because, because when I say something like that at work, that kind of, and I can sort of see put noses out of joint, right? Yeah. Someone will say. I think what Mike was trying to say was, yeah, but the thing is, but the thing is, they'll just put it so eloquently, and and they'll get it, and they really will hit the mark, and they'll actually say out loud, yeah, well, yeah, I could have probably said it like he did, or you know, yeah. and so yeah, there's that, you know, I've got kind of like one way of saying it, where yeah, oh, it, and yeah. and other people will sort of understand my point, and hopefully maybe well, it doesn't matter if they agree with it or not, but the, you know, I, I, I'll often be kind of. Um, uh, yeah, I'd often be sort of translated to sort of maybe a sort of maybe a polite, less confrontational Danish, and uh, and uh, <laughs> and which is a good thing because I learn. But well, I haven't learned, so it's twenty four years I still haven't learned. But um, yeah, that's it, yeah. but it's um, it, that can actually annoy me. I mean, not that they do it, but again, you know, feeling foreign and feeling, mm. you know, that is when I kind of feel okay. I haven't said that. You know, the way people have taken it the way the reaction has been, you know, in the crowd, that wasn't really what I wanted to sort of get out of the people. I just wanted to say this, I don't agree with this, and this is why I don't agree with it. But in saying that, I've maybe kind of, maybe, I don't know, sort of uh, uh, sort of challenged my, my boss's authority and and insinuated that everyone in the room who does actually agree with it is an idiot. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and that isn't really what I wanted to say. That wasn't the effect I was going for. Yeah. So um, I would much prefer if um, there, yeah. And so I think there um, at work, uh, I'd you know I think it's a very sort of colonial thing to sort of think. But you know, I know everyone understands English. So can't I just bloody say it in English? You know, so I, I get kind of just a bit frustrated. You understand me, so you know, you, 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 why do I have to say it in this silly? Like, yeah, no, it's not a silly language, but you know, I I I, I, I can feel frustrated. <laughs> All I'm saying is it's just a, you know, I'm I'm just saying I, I can feel frustrated by it. And um, I understand. And also, when we were talking about um, being angry, I sometimes can feel that the languages collide in my head so 
I actually can't speak. Like if I'm angry or really frustrated with someone and they're in front of me and I actually try and get out what I'm trying to say, it just becomes this mishmash of two languages mm-hmm. and it's kind of like they just sort of get in the way of one another and um, I go really, really high-pitched. And yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I tend because to find that if I... Because you have to sort of burst like- out, you know. If I if I'm being emotional in French, I tend to I don't the the sentences just kind of like start to fall apart a bit. Like if I you know if I'm obviously if I'm if I sort of like get excited in English or you know get emotionally excited, I can obviously I can talk like really quickly and fluidly. When I try to do it in French, it just becomes a bit of a mess, and I have mm. to kind of like quite a you know really try to sort of like calm myself down basically so that so that I can. I have to think about what I'm saying, basically, because I kind of like lose that like immediacy that I have in English. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I think that's a good point. The immediacy, yeah. But like I said, it is changing. I mean, I like you know, I I create a lot. You know, I I I do a lot of writing. Uh, I do things like you know, I make videos and and so forth. And uh, I do like increasingly that that is becoming French. Like I wrote a book in French last year. I'm writing another one now. Yeah, yeah, you and your bloody book. I want to. I wrote a book talk. in French, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I write another one for my uh, for the second year of my of my masters at the moment. Never, um, never going to read it. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually like I, I want to talk about this because I it, it, it does fit in with this. Because of the like the time constraint, it's basically like a fifty thousand word book, mm. and I have to and I have to do like a fifty page piece of research that goes alongside it. And so that you know, obviously that's a lot of words. And like you know, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm not writing it in French. I'm speaking it in English. So like I'm speaking it into a dictaphone, mm. then plugging the dictaphone into my computer, right? Pl- playing it into Google Docs. And then it transcribes it into English, and then I take it, take the English, and then translate it into French in uh, Google Translate, and then tidy all the French up. That sounds like and a so nightmare. It, it's a, like, but, but it's, it's going to change. Actually, it's going to change it radically, is it not? It, it does. Yeah. It, it's a really, really interesting process, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about like the uh, in in the in the research that I do because like a lot of the the stuff I'm writing about in inverted commas is is about like language. And about the sort of duality of language, one of the reasons we started this podcast in the first place was the whole question of identity. But it does, it, it really changes the the output. You know, it, it really, it, do, it does have a massive effect on the actual production, mm. you know, in the fact that I'm literally just talking and I'm talking in English. If I were trying to, the reason I talk in English is not because I can't say it in French. It's because my, my French accent is actually... Uh, I've got a really uh, strong English accent yeah. in French, mm-hmm. and Google Docs, the the text, the, the speech to text tool in Google Docs can't, can't understand this. my accent, <laughs> so I have to say it in English. Yeah. So yeah, like it's just effectively, it's just a massive mess of the two languages, which is which is pretty much like describes my life in general. Really. Yeah. But moving, but like, yeah, uh, go on. Carry go on. Now I was just say moving on with the uh, question. I think. What of one language support one part of your personality better than the other? Um, thinking about it, and I've yeah, if you think about it for a while, I, I definitely think humour. I def- definitely find that um, you might have noticed you might say something, and I can maybe come a quick kind of comeback. And mm. I'm still, you know, I, I can't get there that quick in Danish. And no. sometimes I'm in social situations, and people are saying things, 
and I've got this great thing to say and I'll try and say it and it'll either come out wrong in Danish or I'll be thinking about how to say it in Danish and the moment's gone. And, you know, so definitely that kind of just sort of um, a, a stupid, maybe silly remark or a sort of a play on words type joke or, do, you know, a, a, a pathetic double entendre or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm kind of getting there in Danish, but it's much, much, much easier um, to sort of. Uh, and, and I feel that definitely humor is like a massive part of our identity. So I think that uh, I was, was going to say it's probably it's one of the main things that like adds to the sort of like the whole feeling of foreignness and the feeling of exclusion is the fact that you can't mm. express yourself immediately in the same way that other people can. I mean, like the the people in the office. I mean, they you know they they make a lot of jokes with each other and like you know it's getting easier, but yeah, it's like. You know, there, there's some, there's a lot of cultural references that I just don't understand. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, you know, they talk about a lot of, you know, the like sort of 1960s film stars and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's the same in there. It's the same here. And they all grow up, listening, you know, watching some stuff on TV or some music that they used to listen to. And a lot of Danes have gone to sort of, you know, the school's gone through the school system in a similar way. And there's all these references. And yeah, you know, I do understand them because I've lived here for so long, but. It, you know, I haven't lived it, don't so quite get it. Yeah, 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 I don't, I don't quite get it, but I can, I can follow it, and uh, yeah. I mean, like the, this, this semester, just to follow on from that, we, we, I mean, I mentioned the the lecture that uh, we were given on gay rights. The the guy that gave it to us was a, uh, he was a. There's a, I don't know what to call it. Like it's, it's like a group of, it's a group of. Um, people who dress up as nuns right and they're called the, they're called the sisters of something mm. and they they basically the idea is that they 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 dress up it's, it's kind of a for it's a form of drag like the 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 seminar was about drag about the the history of drag it was centered on sort of RuPaul, rupaul's drag race so like the right, whole yeah. thing was um was about uh was about drag and and gay rights and in general and the guy that did it he was french but like he he did the seminar was in English, and so for the his English was fucking unbelievable. Quite frankly, like uh, his name's his name was uh, Charles Joseph, and like if he if he ever hears this, quite I was absolutely staggered by his level of English. Like it was it was pretty amazing to be honest. Mm. Like, um, uh, we had to do two pieces of work for him, and one was to imagine yourself as as a drag queen and like you know imagine your drag personality and like sort of describe it and so forth and that and it was completely libre as they say in french free so you you could just basically write whatever you like mm. and the second was to analyze uh two two pieces of video where gender was expressed atypically so have you ever heard of you heard of Bottom, which was like the the Rick Mail and Aid Edmondson sitcom? Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, that I have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. See, you've heard of it, right? Like that was yeah, all in yeah, the yeah. fucking nineties, right? Yeah, so yeah. like, ob- that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He groundbreaking. He and no one else in that room, nobody in that, in that room, would have ever heard of that show ever. <laughs> no, absolutely not. They would never heard of Rick Mail. All the young ones, yeah, or filthy rich and cat flat, or any of that. Do you know what I mean? And see, and you have heard of it all. Yeah, you know of course I, mean? I have. Yeah, yeah. And the, the only reason that you've heard of it is because you grew up in Britain. Yes, 
And like, you know, and I wrote those like because his English was so good. Like, you know, we, we were effectively allowed to like write our papers in English. And to be honest, it was so comforting. You know what I mean? Like there are bits like in bottom, they, they constantly dress up as women. And, you know, there's mm. this constant sort of like playing on the, on the, you know, the, the, the situation of women in society and so forth. They were a pretty radical pair. And the, um, yeah, they were. And it was, it was, it was so comforting to write about that and to write about the nineties in Britain and these cultural references. Like there's a, what did you, I don't know if you'll remember the episode. There's one, the Christmas episode where they find a baby and they, uh, and they, they basically, the, the the three kings which are uh, Eddie, Spudgun and Dave Hedgehog, they they have the 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 baby. They give him gold, Frankenstein and Gur, and like the gold is a box of Terry's all gold, chocolates. Who the f- box who of chocolates. The fuck? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Who yeah. the fuck is going to know that if you're not British? Like you have just yeah. got no chance. And then basically that's the the, the situation that I'm facing every day that basically everyone knows what the French equivalent of Terry's all gold is. And, and you don't. Yeah, that's it. I that's really it. don't. I think the... But other, it, it, was, yeah. it, was, it, was a really, it was a really pleasant experience to write in English after so long. It was actually, it was, it was very, um, it, it, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. yeah, I like the idea that the word Liebe, you know, just kind of Liebe. fits, yeah, Liebe, because, yeah. you know, liberal, liberalism, yeah. Statue of Liberty, freedom, yeah. freedom, freedom, and all that kind of stuff. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I think when I do, I feel more confident expressing certain ideas. Um, yeah, I think we've done that. We uh, we covered that, haven't we? And it says, do you switch between languages when you think about different topics? I think that um, for me, that's really situational. So that means if I'm thinking about like work and teaching and what I'm going to say, mm. then I'll think in Danish and think in Danish terms and almost kind of rehearse. I mean, not rehearse what I'm going to say, but yeah, I think I'll approach it from this angle. But the whole narrative in my mind will be in Danish. Um, if I'm maybe meeting a Danish person, um, then my all my thoughts about maybe how that is going to go, what I'm going to say, where the conversation's going to go, that would also be in Danish. Um, when I'm thinking about doing this podcast, I'll mm. think about uh, planning it and what we're going to say and how it's going to go in English. Yeah. Um, if I'm thinking about talking to other English people in my life, like my family, just thinking about that, then I'll think in English. Even though when yeah. I talk to them, I'll lose words because the Danish words will come. Uh, but also like you, um, I ingest, almost everything I ingest is in English. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's I, I, I don't, crazy. I don't, you know, and I used to actually watch quite a lot of Danish TV and Danish, you know, films or whatever. I don't think I've ever read a Danish book. Sorry, everyone, but I haven't. And, um, and, yeah, so I think again, just 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 very sort of situational. Um, um, yeah, it's just very situational who I'm talking to. Basically, if, if what I'm doing is in Danish, I'll think about it in Danish. If what I'm doing is entails that I'll need English, but I can sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes there's some reactions that will be in Danish, but I, I think it's a, I think it's a, a quite a good one. I, I was just going to move on to that. Um, uh, that sort of meme that she sent where when it says you get sad to more songs and I, that's and I, I know that's you know kind of maybe like a bit of a joke but 
I do actually get sad, Pat, to uh, both to, to 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 music and to see you're laughing at me. You're 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 trying to emasculate me on the podcast. But no. I'm always sad, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but- do you know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> fucking bored, sad. But uh, I, I mean that you know things will move me. Um, you know, if I'm watching a television or film that's good, that, that you know is is moving, then I will become moved by it. Or also listening to music. But it's actually quite. A good, but I actually, even though you know that might be quite funny, I thought it was quite sort of interesting because I was trying to think: is there anything that I've seen that's Danish or heard music-wise mm. that's in Danish that has had that effect? Because it's usually like the narrative obviously there will be some things where tragic things happen and it will be just like situational but it's usually somewhat something someone says that resonates there'll be lyrics to a song that kind of resonate Mm. and um but i don't think i probably consume enough Mm. danish sort of media but um there is one song called blomsten or vesen by a a group called uh, the flower and and the vase um, uh, by a, a, a group called Folkerklubben, which is called, um, which is the sort of the the club for the people, or the club of the people, or the mm-hmm. people's club, if you want to put it, um, wherever you want to put the emphasis. But anyway, uh, that song is quite moving and quite sort of a, a bu- beautiful, uh, sort of lyrics-wise. But um, but I do actually think there's more. I do. I think I get more affected for some reason. For me, again, this whole idea of poignancy which is what, where I sort of started with. I think English, for me, personally, is a lot more poignant. I think it's probably just a, like... Um, I think the simple truth is that like I, I probably just have like a better level of like comprehension, certainly in terms of like oral English. Like, you know, I... I you know, I, I, my, my, my comprehension of the French language is... is like really good like but it's not like you know in terms of but my obviously it's not native so like it's uh i i i mean a, probably a better example for me is like french literature i've read you know i've read a lot of books in french and like the like you're just gonna shame me this whole episode aren't you no it's not it's not that. it's just that, like it's, it's basically what i'm saying is that like when i listen i listen to a lot more english than i do french right and i speak i speak a lot more english probably than i do mm. in french as well you see yeah and um so like when i hear like a french song for example i probably don't have the same level as i don't have the same level as co- of comprehension as in the in terms of lyrics and stuff i mean i can be moved by it in a way but not in the same way that i would be if i was if I were listening to like English music, I'm almost my, you know, all of the music I listen to is either electronic or in English. Like, you know, I listen to almost no French music, mm. but like it's the inverse in, in terms of reading, like almost all of my readings in French. And I've read a lot of, uh, I've read a lot of like pretty heavy French books. And like, I've read, I've read things like, like Kafka in French and stuff like that. And I've read, um, <laughs> that's nuts. What did I read? I read. Uh, there's a. He's pretty hardcore. That in English. A, a, a guy called uh, a guy called Celine. who was a, a French dude. He ended up being a Nazi, a literal Nazi in the end. But like the first right, book kids. he wrote, was, <laughs> I know we love we love that guy. The, the, the first book he wrote was called uh, Voyage au bout de la nuit, which is uh, Journey to the to the End of the Night. And that is a lit- literally one of the best books I've ever read, and that that blew my fucking mind. Like if if anyone listening like wants to like you know want something to read read that book it it is absolutely fucking amazing his, I, his I pre-nazi the, days were great 
It honestly, like, basically, he, he started up, but it, it's, it's effectively an anarchist book. And then, like, you draw it. Like, we're not going there wrote, this episode. We're, which, not, we're, which, we're, we're not going Which he wrote in the 20s, which, which is like, you know, he was in, like, the First World War and, and afterwards, like, went to America. And, you know, it, it, it's an anti-capitalist book, basically. And it, it, that, that moved me pretty much to tears do you know what I mean it's pretty amazing and like you know that was what I think that was certainly one of the first times where language kind of like stopped mattering quite so much in terms of like you know where I was emotionally if you see what I mean but like in terms of like you know like music I mean Mm. I've got to be honest man like you know I don't listen to like French music I mean what the fuck yeah I don't, I don't like you know I I love I love those French guys love love you France but like my god yeah same here you know, like, the, I mean, know, there are some good Danish bands. There are some, but uh, very I few. I don't believe you. Very few. And um, <laughs> but just to sort of sum it up, I was thinking about it. I think sometimes, you know, yes, it can be the music that kind of strikes a note or strikes a chord within you, <laughs> whatever. But and maybe it's not the language. Maybe the thing that is moving is because you can relate to how that person is saying what they're saying, like the actual, the way they're expressing it kind of resonates. Whereas not having that kind of uh, uh, growing up speaking like Danish or French, the way maybe a French person or the reason why they would be moved by something is the words themselves might be quite banal, but the way they're being said, the emphasis, the kind of the situation. And that is just something again, that um, I, you know, I think that that that, that might be the major difference. And also that Danish music isn't very good, but anyway, and, um, (laughs) but uh, French music's really weird. Like, honestly, it's just like, (laughs) so like really weird shit pop. Like, sorry, French people, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I think I'm most sure my music, daughter would disagree with me. But, but like, I think know, most music God, is like, very weird shit pop, you know. Yeah, well, the, that, you know, that I is, think, that is you know, true. even, I think even, probably, even probably, Taylor Swift. But anyway, yeah. Um, I'm going to say, like, I'm gonna, I think this is a good point to, to, to end on before to I dig off. myself a yeah, really, really it. big hole. But Kat, I hope that answers your question. I think it was a really good question. And, um, yeah. And yeah, it, it definitely got me sort of uh, thinking, asking myself some sort of existential type questions about yeah. Yeah, about how I am and how I think and really quite interesting, I think. So yeah, uh, me too. Thank you very much, Kat. That was a that was a pretty good question. We've got we've got another question for next episode, I think, from from Aid. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um that is um that's a big question. That's a big like question. A, yeah, yeah. And uh, it says, hello, Pat and Mike. Um, in brackets, wasn't there a double act, double act in PG Wodehouse's books called that? <laughs> I've got no idea. Uh, PG, well, my dad used to read PG Wodehouse. Um, yeah. um, there's Jeeves and Worcester, isn't there, on British TV. No That's one it. probably understands what we're talking about right now. So we'll move on. Anyway, I enjoyed the question and answer session in your last podcast. Um, that was podcast number nine. Um, so here's another question. Perhaps you feel that you know... Lo- oh, was it podcast number 10? I can't remember. Is they all kind of just... Time. Okay. You've got to blur into one. Yeah, blur into one. Sorry, question number 10. Anyway, perhaps you... Um, so here's another question. Perhaps you feel that you no longer have... Uh, sorry, I'll start again. Perhaps you feel that you no longer have a national identity, but do you think you have a cultural identity? Warmest and fondest aid... And that's Aid, Aid is my mum, and, like, and uh, that's um, who's, uh, who's new to the podcast. 
And, I'm gonna like I'm gonna interview her at some point, Mike. I think. Okay, go go for it. But that's that's a big question. And if anyone um, has got any thoughts on that, like the difference perhaps between a cultural and a national identity, can you? I mean, I've I, I've got some you know I've got some things I'm gonna say on it. I'm sure Pat has as well. Yeah, but if I, there's I, anything, I've been, I've been thinking about that. Yeah. If there's any kind of th- if, um, um, you know any da- anyone listening who kind of feels maybe the same that perhaps they don't feel sort of nationally aligned with their peers, but perhaps culturally and what that difference is, that would be uh, quite interesting to hear from you. But that is what we'll be yeah. talking about next week. So Send uh, us your emails to foreignpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Follow Inst- us on Instagram yes, at foreignpodcasts. Yep. Where else can you find us? Is that though? That's what, what the main, you're the main at Lord, you're at Lord Pat. We've already established that. At Lord that. Pat. That's what, it. What's your, what, what are you on Instagram? And I am at Mike J Bowden. I don't, I don't hide behind any kind of sort of, you know, false. <laughs> I don't worship any false idols here. No, it's, yeah. not, it's not false, Mike. <laughs> Lord Pat, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, at Mike J Bowden is my Instagram. But um, if you want to write or say hi or anything along those lines. But um, I think that just about wraps it up. I, th- I think we're there, Mike. That, yeah. that was episode 11. That Can't was wait for episode 12. 12. No, coming in a couple of weeks' time. All it's right. It's going to be a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.